Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe that the divine works through people to help us every day. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Hello, my name is Angel and I'll be your host as we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. Before we begin this week, I want to ask you all how you're doing. How are you feeling? How's life been going for you? I know uh, this time of year is always tough on people, especially those in the northern hemisphere where it's winter. I know down in the southern hemisphere, it's summer, and that can also be bad times as well. And not to mention everything that's going on with the continued pandemic and just life in general. So I just wanted to check in with all of you before we begin this week's show and see how you're feeling and and let you all know that you all are in my prayers and that if you all want individual prayers, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. At the end of the show, I'll give you information on how exactly to do that. So the person we're going to be talking about this week was actually brought to my attention last week from our guest who was amazing enough to do an interview for us, and that was Penny Whitbroach. If you have not had a chance to listen to the interview with Penny, please go back to last week's episode and have a listen. Again, I know it's long, but it is so worth the listen. It was a truly amazing interview of a truly amazing story of a truly amazing person, and (laughs) that that's that. So this week I'm going to share with you Charlene Marie Richard. And it's also pronounced Richard, but since she was from Louisiana in a Cajun area, we will pronounce it Richard. And again, Penny brought this uh brought Charlene to my attention in the interview uh last week and um I had not heard of her before and her Little story is very fascinating. Charlene was born January 13th, 1947 and passed away on August 11th of 1959 at the age of 12. Charlene was a Roman Catholic Cajun girl from Richard, Louisiana, which is in the United States. Uh, She has become the focus of a popular belief that she is a saint. Uh, Saints are people, if you're not familiar with what a saint is in the Catholic tradition, it is a person that is, they say, is known to be in heaven and is close to Jesus. So uh, the belief in praying to saints is not to have the saints do things for you, although they are attributed to miracles. Uh, But the key thing is, is to pray to a saint for intercession meaning you're asking the saint to intercede for you on your behalf to Jesus uh, or to the higher powers, whatever you want to call them, uh, to honor your prayer request or your miracle request or healing and so forth. Local Catholic clergy and diocese officials permitted, promoted, and participated in the popular veneration of Charlene for years prior to her being named a servant of God, which is the first step 
of being uh, canonized in the process of becoming a saint. Now, we'll find out why as we get into Charlene's story. I mean, miracles were popping right and left uh, up to her passing, and then especially after her passing and up to present day, um, all of these years later, you know, 1959, since her passing, people are still reporting um, miracles by either praying to Charlene or going to her grave. Charlene was the second oldest of 10 children born to Joseph Elvin and Mary Alice Richard. Adults and children who knew her considered her to be smart, but otherwise unremarkable. She was a devout Catholic, but no more so than was customary in the local Cajun community. Charlene's mother said she liked sports and was always busy with something. She went to church and said her rosary, but she was just a normal little girl. In May of 1959, after reading a book about St. Therese of Lisieux called The Story of a Soul, Charlene asked her grandmother whether she too could become a saint by praying to St. Therese or praying like St. Therese, and her grandmother replied, of course you can. So those of you who have been listening to the show for a while know we did a show on St. Therese of Lisieux back in season one and talked a little bit about the story of a soul, which is her autobiography, an amazing book, and I highly recommend it. I mean, you could see um, just what the effect it had on this little girl in her life before she passed. Um, You know, I hate to use the catchphrase, but uh, truly amazing of the impact that it had on uh, little Charlene. So Charlene's life dramatically changed after reading that book. Uh, There was so much that the divine had going on already in little Charlene's life that no one knew about, not even Charlene. Uh, Charlene, soon after reading the book, uh, began to report seeing apparitions of a tall woman in black that continuously began vanishing on her every time she would approach the woman Um, And she couldn't see the person's face, but she would say, you know, who in God are you, you know, and the apparition would whisk away. Now, there are all kinds of speculations as to what the apparition could have been or what the apparition was. Uh, It is confirmed that she did see an apparition. Her brother was with her at one point in time when the apparition appeared. Um and she reported it to her mother the first time she saw it because she told her mom, she says, you're going to think I'm crazy, but this is, this is true. This is, this is what's going on. Um, but anyway, you know, there's speculation that the apparition could have been St. Therese. Uh, other people believe it was mother Mary, the mother of Jesus. Um, I personally believe it was probably, uh, Charlene's guardian angel. Um, since she was, unbeknownst to her and everyone else, uh, very close to passing. Uh, So again, that's just my personal opinion and and feeling on it, is that it was uh, Charlene's guardian angel taking on an appearance that would be familiar to her because she just finished reading, um, you know, St. Therese's book. So she was familiar with nuns and habits 
Um, you know, for it to be St. Therese, I would think it would have had to been not a dark, like black habit. It would have had to been something um, in a like a chocolate color because St. Therese was a Carmelite. But, but again, just my personal opinion. You guys can review this and analyze this and investigate it and, and draw your own conclusion. So again, Charlene starts seeing this apparition or this appearance of a woman in black who kept vanishing on her, appearing and vanishing. And then her teacher noticed that um, Charlene was not acting herself. And she believed that her parents, Charlene's parents, should take her to a physician. So I would take it that Charlene was um, not acting badly, but just seeming like she was off and that there was something wrong with her health. So Charlene's parents took her to a physician and the physician recommended that uh, Charlene be taken uh, to the Our Lady of Lords Hospital in Lafayette, Louisiana uh, for specialists to look at. And they quickly discovered that poor little Charlene had acute lymphatic leukemia and it had spread throughout her entire body and they gave her only weeks to live. Now with this news, Charlene's parents tried their best, but they could not uh, break the news to Charlene. I mean, how in the world would you be able to tell a 12-year-old little girl that not only is she dying, but she, she only has weeks to live? Um, I mean, as a parent, that would be just beyond devastating and beyond horrible. Um, so Charlene's parents found the hospital chaplain, who was Father Joseph Brennan, uh, he was newly ordained as a Catholic Roman Catholic priest. He had only been a priest for three months and was serving in the hospital as the chaplain. And he was the one that broke the news to Charlene uh, that she was seriously ill and that she was going to be passing soon. And Father Brennan remarks that Charlene took it extremely well. Um, almost like she already knew, um, because the way uh, Father Brennan broke it to her, he said, you know, there's going to be this beautiful lady that's going to come for you. And when she does, you go with her and she's going to take care of you. And she replied something to the fact of, well, you know, that she already knew that and uh, that she was expecting the beautiful lady to come and get her. And if any of you remember the St. Bernadette uh, show that we did in season one, uh, St. Bernadette often referred to uh, Mother Mary uh, as the beautiful lady because she did not know who Mother Mary was uh, at that time. So here we have Charlene took it very well. As a matter of fact, she declared uh, that she was going to be like St. Therese and that she was going to offer every moment of suffering to help others with their suffering. She began to pray for people. She was so excited because uh, Father Brennan would come and visit her daily and pray with her. And she would be excited when she'd see Father Brennan and say, who are we praying for today? Who are we going to help today? 
Whose suffering are we going to take on and ease today? Well, as you can only imagine, word began to spread through the hospital about little Charlene and other patients started going to Charlene's room and asking for prayers and people started to report that they were being healed. This continued on all the way up to Charlene's passing. And as we'll get into here in a little bit, it really exploded and took off after she passed as well. But Father Brennan said that all through the illness, uh, he said it was a very painful experience that Charlene had, that she remained cheerful, meekly accepted her fate, and offered up her suffering to God. Father Brennan was deeply impressed by her faith, and again, he visited her daily while she was passing. Charlene prayed for other individuals to be healed or to be converted to Catholicism. The director of pediatrics at the hospital was Sister Teresita, I believe I'm saying that correctly, Sister Teresita Crawley, who was a nun. Um, she also witnessed uh, the calm acceptance of suffering and prayers for other. Uh, both Father Brennan and Sister Crawley claimed that those for whom Charlene prayed recovered from their illnesses or became Catholic. Charlene died on August 11th, 1959, and was buried in Richard, Louisiana. Now, we just passed little Charlene's birthday, a happy belated birthday to uh, little Charlene, who had her birthday January 13th. Before her death, Father Brennan and Sister Crawley began telling people about Charlene, and Charlene's family became aware that of the belief that their daughter was special. Father Floyd Calais, a Catholic priest who was at the time the chaplain of Charity Hospital in Lafayette, was a close friend of Father Brennan. In 1961, this is after Charlene passed, Father Calais began praying to Charlene to be assigned to a parish. He was assigned to St. Edward's Parish in Richard, Louisiana, where Charlene's burial place is. And also some backstory on uh, Father Calais. It's said in this report, which I got from Wikipedia, which is not always um, all too thorough. But it, you know, from what I also found out about Father Calais is that he was very ill. And um, that's when Father Brennan said, well, you should pray to um, Charlene. And then he was also, Father Calais was having issues with his parish. So Father Brennan said to also to Father Calais that you should also pray to Charlene about that. So Father Calais was not only healed and cured of what was ailing him, he was also transferred to another parish, and not just any parish, but to the parish in the town where not only Charlene was buried, but where she lived. So once there, Father Calais realized that he needed to raise money to build a new church because the church that he was currently in was uh, in really bad shape and pretty close to being condemned. Um, they say back in those years, um, that back in the 60s, it would take an average of 10 years to raise the money 
to build a church. So Father Calais began praying to Charlene for help and was able to raise the money in three years to build the new church. So being the priest of that town, people began coming to Father Calais um, and asking about Charlene. So he said that he was invited to retreats and recollections and began speaking about Charlene and how she achieved grace before she died and about the need for money to build the new church in the parish. People started going to her grave, he said, and began sending checks to build the church. What I thought would take eight to ten years took two and a half years. So I stand corrected. It wasn't three years. It was two and a half. So you all can take from that what you wish. Um, I know a lot of you don't believe in miracles. And we did a show on miracles in season one. And it was the least listened to show of that. Not only that season, but so far. So (laughs) that tells me that either you all don't believe in miracles or you just don't want to hear about them. And if you're going through a lot in life, I can completely understand and I can completely get that. But I, as I said in that show, and I won't go on a derail here, but just to sit back that up, I can attest that miracles do happen. I'm a walking and living miracle. And in fact, we all are. Um, If you stop and think about what it takes to create life, uh, go back to the Penny Whitbrot show from last week where she talked about that, um, how the divine is involved in making us and creating us and what it takes for sperm and egg to unite and for little cells to know that I'm going to be a heart and I'm going to be lungs and I'm going to be a brain and I'm going to be this and that. Uh, it's, it's straight up divine and it's a miracle that we're all here. I know you might not want to see that or acknowledge that because life is really bad, but um, it's really important to try to focus on positive. And I know it's beyond difficult. I've been there myself. Um, but there always is positive somewhere in your life. You just have to look for it. But I know we live in a culture, in a society where we are, you know, the negative is constantly pushed and we're constantly taught and told that we should focus on the negative. And I mean, that's another reason for this show. The divine wanted this show to try to bring that around and try to help you all, um, as Monty Pythons would say, look on the bright side of life. And there is, there, there is always a glimmer of hope. There is always a glimmer of light. We just have to look for it and see it. Okay. So sorry. I said, I wasn't going to derail there and I, I kind of held on and pulled it back. So I'm, I'm sorry for the side check there folks, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I love you all so deeply from the very core of my being that I don't want you all to suffer, but I know life is suffering and it's a part of life, but I also want you all to know that there is good and and there is something to look forward to and there is hope. Um, So anyway, getting back to Charlene's story, um, I don't know if you all are familiar, if you're Roman Catholic or you're familiar with prayer cards, if you're not, prayer cards are uh, little cards, little cards. little pieces, little cards that are usually 
laminated and sometimes they're not that usually has a picture or image of a saint or someone uh, holy on it and it also contains like either on the front or the back of the image a prayer to that person to intercede and again when you're praying to saints and you're praying to these holy people you're not asking them per se to do it for you you're asking for them to carry your prayers and hand them directly to Jesus, God, the divine, whatever you want to label that, which can't be labeled, which we've covered infinite times. But anyway, spin it towards whatever your faith is. Uh, so anyway, as early as the late 1960s and by 1972 at the latest, prayer cards marked for private devotion only with a photograph of Charlene, a prayer to her and a prayer for her canonization were in circulations. And copies were frequently being sent to individuals in need of help. A 1975 series of articles about Charlene in the newspaper of the Lafayette Diocese spread and were republished in a booklet called Charlene, a saint of southwest Louisiana in 1979. Testimonials by individuals who believed that they had been benefited by prayer to Charlene were added and the booklet was again republished in 1988. A widespread belief formed in the area that Charlene would intercede in heaven for people's prayers to be answered. By 1989, the belief had spread outside the Cajun area. Hundreds of people were visiting Charlene's grave each week, which had been illuminated so visits could occur in the evening and a box had been provided in which to leave written petitions to Charlene. And that's still there to her to this day. If you look up online, um, there's all kinds of images of Charlene's grave. Um, there's also um, videos on YouTube about people going to Charlene's grave, which I highly recommend. And I'll, I'll include one in the show notes for you to check that out if you want to. Uh, but again, all you have to do is just Google it and uh, you'll, it'll pop right up. But there's actually a mailbox at uh, Charlene's grave where you can put your uh, prayer requests and petitions like that inside that. On the 13th anniversary of Charlene's death that year, an outdoor mass was held there, which was attended by 4,000 people and which was covered by Louisiana television stations and cable news networks and reported by newspapers from Louisiana, Dallas, Houston, Miami, Orlando, uh, Albany and Seattle. The media coverage resulted in knowledge of Charlene spreading worldwide with interest in her expressed in Yugoslavia, Croatia, Australia, and Africa. Approximately a thousand people attended anniversary masses there in both 1991 through 1999, with about 400 attending in 2007, and thousands come to her grave each year including chartered buses with tons of people. So as I was saying before, people were reporting miraculous cures when they visited Charlene in the hospital before she passed and when she was praying for them. And these miracles continued even more after she passed away. And as I said, they continue today. I do have some examples uh, of these miracles. The first miracle I want to share is uh, about someone who actually knew Charlene. And this was some years after Charlene had passed away. This woman 
uh, was pregnant and was going to have a baby. And upon delivery, the doctor had seen that the baby had Down's syndrome. And he knew this for sure because he had delivered many children who had that condition and he knew the telltale signs, uh, as did the head nurse who was assisting with uh, the birth. Well, they took the child to the um, to the neonatal area and put the baby back in a corner off away so nobody could see the child when they looked through the window um, because if this was back in the 60s, late 60s. So, you know, of course, that was all frowned upon. And, you know, you would need to hide these children, which is completely ignorant and, and just ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, the child's mother uh, began praying to Charlene right after the birth. Uh, and asking Charlene to intervene and to send help to her baby. So, of course, the delivery doctor contacts a doctor who specializes in uh, babies who have Down syndrome. And this doctor comes in several hours after the baby's birth and goes into the neonatal area and says, uh, you know, where is this baby at? And of course, the nurses are pointing back in the corner. You know, don't don't take him back there because you might catch whatever the baby's got. Uh, but anyway, they point him back to where the baby is, and he goes back and he's, you know, looking at the baby, and he looked at them like they had three heads and said, "Are you sure this is the right baby? This isn't. This can't be the child you guys are talking about, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with this baby." This baby has no signs at all of Down syndrome. So, of course, the delivery doctor and the nurse look at the baby again. And the telltale signs they had saw at the birth were completely gone. And this baby was absolutely normal. Now, I know, <laughs> take from this what you want. I'm just sharing the information. I know it sounds very outlandish. And quite fantastical, but, you know, stranger things have happened. The next miracle also involves a baby. A woman went into very premature labor, and unfortunately, after she delivered, the baby passed away. Uh, the hospital allowed the family to come in and say their goodbyes to the baby. Well, the grandfather of the baby uh, was devoted to Charlene and prayed to Charlene often. As a matter of fact, he had a prayer card of Charlene. And it is said that when the grandfather went into the room, he placed the prayer card on the chest of the baby. And within moments, the baby started breathing and is doing fine today, alive and well. I know, I know. Again, another outlandish and fantastical, unbelievable story. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not selling used cars here. I'm just conveying the information. Take it how your faith interprets it and how your heart interprets it. Again, as I said, stranger things have happened. And the last miracle I want to share, believe me, there's tons and tons and tons of it. You get If you just Google... Charlene Richard on Google, you'll get all kinds of testimonies. And I said, 
like I said, it's, they're still coming in. Every day people are saying that, you know, there's, there's more and more and more, um, you know, testimonies of people being healed and cured and everything else by Charlene. But anyway, a young woman uh, at the age of 20 developed uh, prostate cancer or had prostate, was diagnosed with it and was beyond help. She was extremely ill and was told that she was going to pass at any given moment. Uh, her parents were followers of Charlene. Um, so they, and what I mean by followers, I don't mean they worship her. They're just, as I was saying before, they pray to Charlene and, and hope and pray that Charlene takes their prayers directly to the divine for help. So the parents of this young woman put her in a truck and take her to Charlene's grave. Uh, the woman could barely, I mean, barely get out of the truck. Her parents had to help her over to the grave. And there is a picture of Charlene on the grave. And so the woman put her hand on Charlene's picture and she said she immediately felt this energy radiate from the pitcher in the grave through her hand. She said, you know, it was like her hand was vibrating and glowing. And this energy went through her hand, up her arm and into her body. And she immediately started to feel better. Well, the woman is now cured and living well. As a matter of fact, uh, last they had said about this woman she has had four children. She has run, I think they said, 15 marathons. So, yeah, she's, she's a busy gal. Okay, how about one more? For those of you who are, I don't want to say doom and gloom, but for those of you who scoff at this and say, well, not all of the, the miracles can be that good. Well, of course, not all great things are great for long, of course, because we're human and we're impermanent, so things don't last forever for us, unfortunately. Um, there was a group of five children who all had the same type of cancer, and um, a group took them to Charlene's grave. Now, four of the five uh, people who went to the grave ended up passing um, not too long after that, you know, according to how their doctors predicted was going to happen anyway. Don't say, aha. There was one of the five, though, that um, she uh, responded well to treatment and she began to pray to Charlene uh, to not only help her, but also to help her family with what they were going through and also to help her transition from this life to the next. Because inevitably, it's going to happen to all of us. Nobody lives forever in this human form. Uh, so this young woman was quite wise to that. And so, you know, she kept the Pope and, and kept being positive, but she knew inevitably, um, you know, time would come when she would pass from this lifetime. So she prayed to Charlene, not just for help to get through the day, but mostly help with the transition from here to the next life. And the woman ended up, or say the young lady, ended up living another nine years uh, which is nine years longer than what doctors um, had said that she would live. So again, for the, <laughs> not for the doom and gloom, but, but, but just to say, you know, hey, it, nothing is permanent in this human form and in this world. So, um, but again, 
uh, the person, the young lady, was very blessed and so very thankful and so very happy that she had nine more years of this life that she wouldn't have had before. And of course, her parents were beyond elated. They weren't believers and they weren't, they didn't really follow a faith. Uh, but, you know, when this all began to happen to their daughter, it, you know, gave them faith. They turned to faith and they developed their faith and they are still practicing their faith today. So, hey, to me, that's a miracle as well. And that's the thing about miracles. Now, here I go again. That's the thing about miracles is you can't just always look for the big giant things, you know, the giant zeppelin in the sky or the titanic i know bad example right but the, so you, it's not always something huge a lot of times it's these little things and little things add up quick i mean remember saint therese of the little flower of the little way you know little things add up and as uh penny and i talked about last week in, in the interview with her um, how you don't realize the power of the little things that you do for each other. And that's what this whole show, uh, this series and podcast is all about is, you know, for someone to be a saint in your life, they don't have to do something huge, miraculous. It can be something so small. As Penny shared in the interview, um, spoiler alert for those who haven't listened to it yet, um, about what God pointed out to her. She thought for sure God was going to point out the for the good, the greatest good things she ever did, and for the bad, the biggest horrible things she ever did. And come to find out, they were things that were so minute that you wouldn't think twice about, like paying it forward at a grocery store when a woman or someone in front of you is, you know, a little short on the uh, total for their groceries and they're frantically looking about what they can put back uh, to be able to pay for their groceries and you pay it for by just you know helping my wife does this all the time um, and something like that what it means to the person because what did Penny say you know later on she was shown God showed her that this lady was in a soup kitchen helping people bagging up groceries and giving them to people and people would be coming in all, you know, sad and ashamed uh, that they, you know, saying, I didn't think I would ever be here. And the person that Penny helped was like, I was in the same place as you were at one time and someone helped me. And that person was, see how this ripple effect goes and goes and goes. So don't always look at a miracle as something huge. It begins as something small. If you've heard of the butterfly effect, you know, if a butterfly flaps its wings you know, that momentum or that wind from those wings eventually becomes a hurricane someplace else. I know, bad analogy. I'm bad at this today. <laughs> Forgive me. But you get you get the idea that the little things do mean a lot. Um, helping your neighbor, you know, if you see somebody that needs help, you know, by all means, do all that you can to help. If you see somebody fall in a parking lot, for Christ's sake, go help the person. I've heard people, you know, that have invalid, you know, mother-in-laws that, you know, the person collapses in a grocery store parking lot and they're frantically trying to get her up into a wheelchair and people walk by and nobody does anything. How can you do that? How can people do that? So don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. Don't be that person. Little things, 
Little things mean so much. Yeah, I know. I derailed again. Sorry, everybody. But anyway, to, to wrap things up here, uh, we, we're getting to the end. Uh, what, where the church is, as far as the Roman Catholic Church's position on Charlene and her um, canonization and beatification. It says, though no official canonization procedures had begun for Charlene, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Lafayette began collecting in 1991 testimonials about reputed help obtained through her. Unlike the traditional support for canonization of a saint, which begins with popular devotion and is only later recognized by the church, support for Charlene began outside her immediate home area and was first promoted by the clergy, beginning with Father Brennan, uh, Sister Crawley, and Father Callias, or Calais. The Bishop of Lafayette Diocese at the time of her death, Maurice Shex Nader, visited her grave multiple times and referred to her as a saint. So the bishop of the uh, parish uh, deemed her a saint. Another bishop of the diocese, uh, Bishop Harry Flynn, presided at the 13th, or excuse me, 30th anniversary mass in 1989, along with 16 other priests. The diocese also approved the creation of a private organization called the Friends of Charlene to spread her story. In January of 2020, now this is recent, Bishop J. Douglas de Chattel of the Diocese of Lafayette officially opened the cause of Charlene's sainthood during a Saturday Mass at Immaculata Center in Lafayette, along with Arnaudville teacher and evangelist August Nanco Palafig. Following the Mass, Charlene and August were officially named Servant of God the first step in sainthood. On 17 November 2021, the USCCB meeting in Baltimore, Maryland, voted to advance the cause of Charlene's beatification and canonization. Now, the USCCB is a the bishops, the head bishops in the United States uh, for the Roman Catholics. So they have meetings, I believe, at least if not once a year, multiple times a year. But uh, Charlene was... One of the things they talked about and discussed, and they agreed to go ahead and advance her cause. And now it goes to um, to Rome and to the Pope and the people that are with the Pope that investigate these things and validate these things. It's a huge process. And maybe we'll do a show on that sometime, uh, which would be interesting on exactly what is the process of them determining who is a saint and who is not. I know miracles have to be validated by, quote, the church, end quote, uh, in order for that to proceed. But, you know, again, like I said, maybe we'll do a show in the future on that. So in closing, I will close with a prayer, if you all don't mind. And it will be Charlene's prayer. Now, this is the prayer that's on the little prayer card uh, for Charlene. And I'll have a link in the description. I'll find somebody that's selling the prayer cards if anyone's interested in, in getting them. Um, prayer cards are really good. I mean, just to keep on you, especially the laminated ones, you can put it in your pocket or in your purse or in your notebook or um, use it as a bookmark for the book that you're reading. And, you know, keep that person close to your heart and, you know, easy enough to, re you know, pick up and turn to and pray to anytime you want. So here's Charlene's prayer. Charlene, when you were only 12 years old, you showed heroic faith 
hope, and love, dying of leukemia, you joined yourself to Jesus on the cross and offered your intense pain for others. You thereby echoed St. Paul's words to his people in Colossians 1.24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filing up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, the church. Charlene, I believe you are with God. Please ask our Heavenly Father, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit to grant me the following favor. And this is where you mention what you would like for Charlene to pray for or to help you with. Charlene, thank you for helping me. May Jesus Christ always be praised. May Mary, Jesus' ever-Virgin Mother, always be called blessed. So there you go. That's uh, Charlene's prayer. And I will definitely have that listed in the show notes if you would like that. I will also have the prayer for Charlene's canonization request uh, there as well. And they believe that if you pray uh, this prayer, it will help, you know, God to, you know, move things along swiftly or as swift as possible for the canonization of Charlene. And you might be like, why? You know, what would get a believe me, Charlene deserves it. We all deserve to be saints and we all can be saints. And I believe, you know, that all of the people we've showcased on the show, uh, past and living, are showing you that you too can be a saint. It's not out of reach. It's, again, the little things, the little things add up. And again, one more last thing uh, about miracles. Um, you know, whether you believe praying to Charlene helps or not, or whether you believe going to her grave helps or not, that's a big deciding factor is your belief and your faith. Um, those of you who have faith and belief in things know that the more faith you have, the better um, channeling or directing that energy toward a certain purpose, you know, the event of that happening um, is, is probable. Uh, but just remember what St. Bernadette said. Uh, again, going back to season one, we did a show on St. Bernadette and the water that comes from Lourdes that people believe by drinking the water or putting the water on afflicted areas of their body heals them. St. Bernadette was asked many times before her passing um, what she thought about the miracle of the water, the miraculous waters. And St. Bernadette always replied that it's not the water. It's your faith in your prayer. So I'll leave you all with that. It's your faith in your prayer. And, you know, that can't be resounded too much. I mean, that's that's the key to everything is your faith in your prayer. And I got to throw love in there, too. You got <laughs> Throw the love in there, your love, your faith in your prayer. Put those three together and you've got an atomic bomb of goodness. I so hope that you all enjoyed the show and that you will keep coming back and that you will share this show with as many people as you can. You know, if it is, if this show has helped you, please allow it to help others. And the only way we can do that is by word of mouth and by sharing. That's the only way this show gets out is by doing just that. So please, please, please feel free to share this show with as many people as you possibly think. Uh, would be interested and could benefit from it. 
And as always, links to everything that we've covered in the show is in the show notes that is on the website. And the website you can find at Faith and More Podcast, that's all one word, dot Wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash my dash site, S-I-T-E. Or if you want to contact me, which I'm always open to that, we have people from over 20 different countries listening now. And I'm always open to ideas for new people to showcase. And I know that you all in all these other countries have such an amazing, rich and diverse culture that we in the States or anywhere else in the world don't know about. So that includes amazing people, truly amazing people that we have no idea about that we need to know and that deserve to be known all around the world. So please reach out to me either through the website or you can contact me directly at Faith and More Podcast. Again, all one word at gmail.com. And don't forget, I love to pray. I do my level best to be in a continuous uh, prayer mode all the time. Um, and I love to pray for others. So on the bottom of the web page, is a form that you can fill out to request prayers for either you, family, friends, anyone, anyone. Um, You know, it does have down there to put your first and last name. You don't have to do that. Uh, But you do have to put your email address down so I can contact you back. Your information's safe with me. I don't sell or do anything with your information other than we'll reply back to you. And there is a comment section below that where you would write your uh, prayer requests and intentions. And please note in there as much information as you feel comfortable with, because those of you who pray know that the more information you have on someone, the better those praying are able to direct and channel those prayers to that person. And the more people we can get to pray, the better. And people on this show love to pray as much, if not more than I do. So please, if you would like, please notate down there if you would like for me to share your prayer request with the show. That way we can get everybody praying. And I can only share whatever information you want me to share. I don't have to share everything. So again, something to please keep in mind. It's a, it's a free and absolutely amazing, valuable resource uh, that's there for everyone and anyone. And I strongly encourage everyone to please utilize it. So I will pause here for this week. I so pray with the very core of my being that the divine blesses heals and keeps each and every one of you. May the divine wrap around all of you and protect you. And may you all have an amazing, how about truly amazing and blessed week. And I will see you all next week.